watching KCMI-TV. Thank you for joining me. And uh, I want to talk about something that I'm not sure uh, if a lot of people really understand the importance of it. But it's absolutely paramount if we're going to advance the kingdom of the Lord. <clears throat> and uh, I want to just see what the Word has to say today to us about anointing. And recently I had somebody that was a new convert um, just ask what was anointing because we you know we talk about anointing in uh, the Pentecostal and the charismatic vocabulary that we have and uh, when we've been raised around church things that uh, just are normal to us are foreign to the new believer, and yet I think that anointing is foreign to a lot of Christians. Um, in my own personal life, I have always built my ministry uh, and sought for anointing. And uh, I think it's in Isaiah, it says this, that the only thing that breaks the yoke is anointing. And uh, we have a lot of emphasis today in the church on different aspects to advance the kingdom of the Lord. But I am totally convinced that the reason that there's such bondage, not only in the earth, in sinners, but in Christians, is because we lack anointing in our services and we lack anointing on the people of the Lord. And so, Anointing is just, uh, this is my explanation of what I think anointing is. It's the ability of the Holy Ghost. Uh, we can do a lot of things with talent, but talent does not break the yoke of sin. In fact, um, I really think that suffering is the enemy of talent. But I can tell you this, suffering is the womb in which anointing is born. And the reason I say that is because God has to take all of us to have a call of God in our life to a point that we finally realize that our gifts and our talents are not enough to set people free. And, and I thank God for, for talents. Uh, I think God can use them but when you go back to the, old, to the Old Testament and the Lord begins to talk about the anointing oil, uh, heaven gave the equation for how to make the anointing and he gave specifics and, and increments and, and what was to be specifically used. And then the Lord said this, he said, you cannot put the anointing oil on flesh. And we have a lot of people today who flow in leadership that have gifts, but there's too much flesh. And God will never allow the Holy Spirit to get on flesh. And the reason being is because when something's accomplished then, and there's triumph that's achieved, talent will always try to take credit for what's just happened. And when anointing begins to come in, 
It's where the Holy Spirit will settle down on a person. And instead of our strength and our ability accomplishing what God needs to be accomplished, it's the Holy Ghost that does it through us. And so uh, many, many times you'll find that people who are really used by God on a consistent basis have a story of, of personal suffering and personal sacrifice that they've endured because it's very difficult to shift from when you have talent and you have giftings and become dependent upon the presence of God and upon the Holy Ghost doing it through you. And oh, how many times have I seen where um, it didn't matter what we did, we could not seem to break through. And all of a sudden we would just stop and begin to seek the Lord. And all of a sudden you could just sense the anointing of God settle down in a room and the Lord would begin to move in a powerful way. And uh, when you read the Old Testament, you read about the story of Samson. And even before Samson was born, the angel tells his parents that he's a special child. And he said he's going to be a Nazarite from the womb. And he told his mother, he said, this is the things that Samson has to abstain from. So when Samson became grown, that all of a sudden the Spirit of the Lord would come upon him. That was the anointing of God. And the scripture says that Samson could do things that nobody else could do. And the Philistines eventually you know they begin to talk to Delilah and, and they're asking her and they said, find out where his strength comes from. Because my God, he's, he slew a thousand men uh, just with a, with a jawbone of a donkey. He could walk into a, a city and literally pick the gates up that weighed thousands of pounds. And here's this common-looking man doing something that's absolutely impossible. The anointing of the Lord will allow us to do things that we should not be able to do. And uh, Samson, he, he looked like other people. You know, we have a tendency to think of Samson, well, he was just a very muscular man. He looked like some big bodybuilder or some Hercules person. He didn't. If he had of, that's why the Philistines would have said, well, that's where his strength is. It's in his natural shape, his, the size of his muscles. That's where his strength comes from. But he didn't. He looked like everybody else. And then he would do things that nobody else could do, and the world couldn't figure out what's he doing. Where's his source coming from? And one day Samson said this. He told Delilah, he said, my anointing or my strength is in my hair. Because that was, the, that was one of the requirements of the Nazarite. He said, you can't cut your hair. And when he adhered to the requirements that God put on him, then it created the anointing. And he said, you cut my hair. And he said, I'll be like any other man. What sets you and I apart in the church from the world is anointing.
It's, it's an intangible thing. I cannot explain it, but I can tell you this. Uh, in fact, the very first time that I ever preached, uh, at a young age of 17, it was the Spirit of the Lord just came on me, and all of a sudden I could preach like I was a seasoned veteran. It's the first time I'd ever done it. What was that? It was just the ability of the anointing of the Holy Ghost. And so um, if you go back to the New Testament and you think about Jesus, and of course we know that he was the Son of God and that he was born um, as in a, in a virgin and Mary was his mother, but the Bible says that the Holy Ghost was his father. And yet nowhere in the scriptures do you ever find where Jesus did anything extraordinary. You don't find him ever challenging the kingdom of darkness. You don't find him casting out demons. He never did one miracle until what? An unusual event took place. And the Bible said that he wanted to fulfill scripture. And he looks at John and he said, John, baptize me. And of course, we know baptism is a type of burial. And it's also a type of, of resurrection that the old man goes in and up out of the waters comes the resurrection power of the Lord. And so the scripture says, if we're buried with him in, in the likeness of his death, then we shall also be raised with him in the likeness of his resurrection. So Jesus understood the power of baptism because he was, he was symbolically getting rid of the old nature even though he himself was without sin. But something very powerful happened in this moment. When he came up out of the waters, the Bible says heaven opened and the Holy Ghost, like a dove, looked like a dove, set on Jesus. And the moment the Holy Ghost set on Jesus, he was anointed. And when he came out of the waters of baptism, he said this, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, and he has anointed me. And then he begins to talk about, he said, to preach the gospel to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted. He said, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to open the eyes of the blind, and to preach deliverance unto the captives. All of these things could not be accomplished by a man unless God, the Holy Spirit, settled upon him and began to flow out of him. And the moment that Jesus became anointed, phenomenal things began to happen in his ministry. Um, I remember hearing a, a man that had been preaching for years make the statement, and it was just amazing to me. He said, I've never really thought about anointing. And in the church today, our problem is we have been deluded by the enemy and deceived into thinking that we can challenge hell by more expensive buildings or find people that have just been born with God-given ability to sing. I mean, they're just amazing. Or people that are great orators. Anything that comes out of our fleshly nature, the enemy's not worried about it. 
it won't move him. I'm telling you, gifts can fill up houses. Hallelujah. But anointing empties jails. It is the anointing that allows God to reach into sinners' lives and break the yoke that is on them. You say, well, why aren't people anointed today? Why is it so rare? It's because God won't put anointing on flesh. And you say, well, how, how do we get rid of our flesh? Well, that requires dying to the old man. That requires a prayer life. And, and that requires, I mean, how many people have we seen? I've seen it so much, people that have great talent. They'll spend an hour practicing, but they can't pray for five minutes. Or you'll hear somebody get up and, and their homiletics is good, their content is good, they're very entertaining as a speaker, but your spirit's not moved. Your emotions might be moved, you might shed a tear, you might laugh at something that's humorous, but at the end of the day, nobody's changed. But you can take somebody who can't sing, uh, not a great speaker, but the power of God come on them. And all of a sudden, it goes beyond the outward part of a man and it gets in that inside realm where the enemy wants to bind people up and God begins to set them free uh, by the Spirit of the Lord. Um, the anointing that Jesus received made it possible for him to exceed human limitations. And it doesn't matter how great the talent is or the ability is, talent and ability still have limitations. Anointing does not have any, any limitations whatsoever. And so um, the Bible says that Jesus, you know, he was given the spirit without measure. Um, moving in gifts is different from moving in anointing. Um, and one of the things that will really weaken anointing is when sin gets in. And when sin gets in a person's life, and, and I've seen this over the years of, of being in ministry for so long, I have seen people that had a, they were used mightily of God and then you'll hear them again, you'll go, there's something different. What is, I, I'm not, they're not moving me. I, I'm, I'm not feeling what I used to feel. It's because they've let sin get in their life. And um, the Bible says in the last days that there's going to be one solitary spirit that's going to be at work in the earth that's going to rise to the top. And it's called the Antichrist. Anti means against. And when we think, we'll say Jesus Christ. Christ was not Jesus' last name. Christ was who he was. It means the anointed one. And so when you have Antichrist, 
he said in the last days there will be many antichrists, but then there will be one specific on a man. But all of it is for one thing. It is against the anointing. And a lot of times churches reject anointing because they can't control it. And boy, when, when God starts moving in our life, he starts moving in our ministry, he starts moving in our church services, you're going to find all of a sudden that God begins to move in different ways. Anointing will make you do things you never thought you could do. It'll make you act outside of your own nature. And we in this hour, you know, we're, we get so worried about image and, and we want everybody to like us and we don't want to seem strange. But I can tell you this, anointing will make you strange. Some of the greatest men and women in history uh, really were, were different people. They were unusual people. Why? There was a spirit of anointing. Elijah was unusual. John the Baptist was unusual. These men walked to a different beat, but they were anointed by the power of God. In fact, the Bible said that the last, that, that, that really the, the spirit that will transcend from the Old Testament to the New Testament. It's the last couple of verses of Malachi said that God will send the spirit of Elijah into our age. And we know that spirit surfaced with John the Baptist, who was the forerunner of Christ, because Jesus said, Elijah's already come, and it said the disciples realized he was speaking of John the Baptist. And so the anointing that was in the Old Testament had to come into the New Testament. And Herodias, who had a Jezebel spirit in her, hated the spirit of anointing on John the Baptist so much that she eventually had his head cut off. We're in a season right now in the earth, within the church realm, that the enemy's trying to get rid of the anointing. And this is why anointing will make you uncomfortable. Anointing will bring conviction. My God, you'd be sitting in a service and all of a sudden the Spirit of God begins to move and the anointing of the Lord settles down in the building and the Spirit of God will begin to convict you and I. And it will make us uncomfortable. It will bring to our understanding this is something that we need to deal with. There is no demon that can withstand anointing. That's why the Bible says it's only the anointing that breaks the yoke. You say, well, Pastor, how, how do we get anointed? It comes at great cost. It comes at a great price. And it just doesn't happen to people. It's not, you can be filled with the Holy Ghost, you know, when you become a believer and the Spirit of God can live in you. Uh, but being filled with the Holy Spirit and being used mightily in anointing are two different things. It's the Holy Spirit looks for people who are willing to lay down their own goals, their own dreams, their own visions, and just say, not I, but Christ in me. And uh, when Samson allowed Delilah to shave his head, it said he woke up and he didn't know the Spirit of God had left him. 
And so he's going to now, she says the same thing, Samson, wake up, the Philistines are upon you. And he, he woke up and he said, well, I'll do what I've always done. I'll just let the anointing come on me and I'll kill him again. He said he wished not the Spirit of the Lord had departed from him. He didn't know it, but he had become like any other man. Can I say that it's in the spirit realm, the church, laid down in the lap of Delilah and we let her shave our head and when we did we lost our anointing and that's why we've lost this generation it's why we're dead in our churches it's why we're not seeing the supernatural it's why so many of our good people are bound with pornography and everything else is because we lost our anointing the beauty of this story with Samson is this the enemy put out of his put his eyes out. He had no longer vision, and they treated him like an animal and tied him to a wheel that ground the meal, and he just went in a circle every day, like an oxen or something. But the Bible says, "How be it, his hair began to grow again." In the spirit realm, if you could put your hand on the head of the church today. It may not be real long yet, but I'm telling you, our hair is growing back. And there is a release, hallelujah, of the anointing of the Lord that is coming back to the house of God. Uh, we, at Regeneration Nashville, uh, we have a tremendous move of the Lord, but it's because above everything else, we put God first. We are after the anointing. When I do these podcasts, I don't just sit down and go, well, I think that'd be a good thought. I'll just teach on that. I seek the Lord. I say, Lord, what do you want to say? And when the Holy Spirit overshadows a person, the Bible said that Mary was anointed. It says that John the Baptist was filled with the Holy Ghost in the womb. Listen, when you have purpose on your life, and there's a lot of you that God has given great talent, great ability, and that's a good thing. But don't let that take the place of God using you and flowing through you because you can entertain people with your ability, but you can only set people free when the Holy Spirit overshadows you and flows through you. And so, seek after the anointing. I do it all the time still. I tell the, every week, every week I tell the Holy Spirit, don't make me go up there without you. I like what Moses told the Lord. The Lord said, Moses, he said, I'll, I'll let you go into Canaan land, but he said, I ain't going with you. He said, I'll send my angel. And Moses said, Lord, and he said, the angel ain't going to make it. He said, if you don't go, then I ain't going. And that's how I feel about the presence of the Lord and the anointing of God. If we're not going to have the anointing in the house of the Lord, then there's no sense in having church. But if we have the anointing, if we see people set free and the power of God flows and it's not restricted, there's nothing like it. It's a wonderful thing. And so as I end today, um, 
I want to encourage you. Go back to the scripture. Study it. It's a, it's a precious thing. Uh, the anointing oil is a precious oil. And, you know, I'll leave this thought with you. Um, anointing literally means to be smeared with oil. Of course, we know oil represents the Holy Ghost. And if you want to be in a place where the enemy can't get a grip on you, in the natural, they say that wrestlers, before they get in the ring, will smear themselves with oil. So when the enemy tries to grab them, their opponent tries to grab them, the grip just slides off because that, that oil won't let the enemy, the, the other wrestler, get a grip on them. Smear yourself with the oil of the Lord. And then when the devil comes in and tries to grip your life, he can't get a hold of you because he cannot break through the anointing. I hope this has helped you today. Uh, stay strong in the Lord, and I'll see you next week. For more information about Kent Christmas Ministries International or Regeneration Nashville, go to kentchristmas.org or regenerationnashville.org. And for the latest updates or videos, follow us on Facebook and subscribe to us on YouTube. God bless you.